Welcome to the Furry Writers Guild podcast. I'm Resolute, Public Relations Officer for the FWG. And I'm Kate Shaw, Vice President of the Guild. I don't know why I always say it that way. I think we're finally recovered from Oxford comma last month, but now we're deep into National Novel Writing Month. Resolute, are you doing NaNoWriMo this month? I'm not. Um, I've been kind of in and out of a dry spell for the last while. And uh, I am coming out of it, thankfully. And I have stories out to beta readers. But I've never really had much success with NaNoWriMo. It's just um, been too much packed into one month. I will get maybe a week, maybe two into it. No, two is generous. <laughs> I'll get maybe 10 days into it tops, and then I just I can't keep up that momentum. Especially with the holidays and everything starting up. Oh, yeah. November is a terrible month for it. How about you? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually forgot it was this month until it came up in the interview. But all power, you know, all power and all luck to those who are doing it. Yes. You know, if, it, if it is your thing or you're making it your thing, go for it. Have a blast. Don't forget to hydrate. Yes. Heat, et cetera. Get up and stretch every so often. And I have yes. done NaNoWriMo successfully several years in a row. I just oh, nice. don't have time this year. Yeah. So it, it works. It got me to the point where I could finish projects because I always had trouble with that before. But And, and it's a lot of fun. So good luck, everybody. But not us. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, good luck to us with our other That's other true. Projects. We're both very busy people. For the market roundup this month, main one that we have is Felis Futura, which is the theme is felines in the future. Deadline is um, December 31st, and the publisher is Manawaker. So you do have t plenty of time to get that one started. There are a couple other anthologies that are closing on the 30th. So go ahead and go to our website and hit the furry writers market to check out those. So if you're listening to this right when this is coming out, um, you may still have time to get something out to those anthologies. All right. And um, the main news of this month is that Fenris Publishing has acquired Rabbit Valley Comics. All of Rabbit Valley's titles will continue to be offered, which is good. And that's pretty much all we know about the acquisition at the moment. But we'll keep you updated. So what are you reading? Right now, I am in the middle of... Six's Wild Echoes, which is the second book in the Six's Wild series by, I hope I'm getting his name right, Tempe Okun. Mm -hmm. I read the first book a while back and really enjoyed it. And for whatever reason, I did not. I had owned the second one, but haven't gotten around to it until now. So I'm enjoying it. All right. What are you reading? I actually have found time to read two books this past wow. couple of weeks, actually just the last week, but one was a novella and one was a collection of comics. So you know what? They count and they were both really good. It has words. It's reading. Exactly. And you think you got your author's name wrong. <laughs> one of the, the comic that I read is uh, it's volume two of the Foxes in Love comic, which I adore. Oh, They're so sweet. I got sweet. the first volume and I need yes. to read it. The second one just came out and I had pre-ordered it and I was so excited when I got it and I set everything aside because I had to read it. So it's by, <laughs> okay, Toivo Kartanen, maybe? 
Possibly. I do not know. I think uh, the uh, artist is Finnish. The comics are absolutely adorable, and they make me feel very good, and they're funny, and then one will just stab me in the heart, but in mm-hmm. a good way, yeah. But the other one, uh, uh, the novella that I read, is by a friend of mine, and it's it's not really furry, It's but it is furry adjacent. Um, it's called, <gasps> yeah, I, I'm showing you the top, the, look at that creepy oh, wolf. Yeah. Nobody else gets to see that, but nope. <laughs> Resolute got to see the cover. Um, it's called Crimson King by J.B. Rockwell, and it's horror. Um, the sort of the antagonist is a really, really creepy bull. But, you mm-hmm. know, the rest of the story, everybody's just human. But, yeah, I, I don't read a lot of horror, and there's a reason for that. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll just read this Dang. in the bath, and, you know, it'll be fun, and then I'll go to bed, and I couldn't sleep because it was creepy. This month's interview is a little longer than usual. Khaki of the Voice of Dog podcast was kind enough to let me interview him, and we had such a great conversation that I hated to trim it very much. Um, We get off topic here and there, but I think you'll enjoy it. So instead of coming back and doing some more after the interview, we're just going to run it, and that'll be the rest of the episode. For more information about what's going on in the Guild and the larger furry community, or for information about joining the Guild, Visit our website at FurryWritersGuild.com. You can find furry market listings, links to our Discord and other social media, and the forums, which are open to everyone. If you have a piece of news to share, or if you're a Furry Writers Guild member or aspiring member who'd like to appear on the podcast, you can contact the Guild at FurWritersGuild at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the FWG News Podcast. Until next time, if you're looking for a sign to start writing, this is it. Though you may want to listen to the interview first, but if you really can't help yourself, it will still be here when you get back. Today we have Kaki on the podcast, who's going to talk to us a little bit about his project. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kate. It's a delight to be on here. Your latest project is The Voice of Dog, which hopefully all the listeners have already heard. Um, It's wonderful. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about how you um, came up with the idea and what started it all? Oh, yeah. So, um, okay, so The Voice of Dog is a a podcast where twice a week uh, uh, there's a reading of a furry story, and sometimes they're two-parters and sometimes they're adult. And, like, the only, only rule is that there are no bummers. And that's that's kind of because of the the origin. March last year uh, was when the first lockdowns occurred in my country and in a lot of countries. People experienced that, and um, a lot of people, certainly I myself, were feeling like powerless and and a little you know isolated and scared. And I wanted, I really really wanted to do something. And I'd been I'd been wanting to do another audio project for a while. Uh, because I previously did audio readings for the Bad Dog Book Club, uh, a podcast ran by uh, uh, Skip Ruddertail and Toonses many, many moons ago, uh, which I really enjoyed, but there wasn't really another another venue. And so I wanted to do was read some stories uh, and, to, and to share that with people as a, as a way of showing that that I cared, I guess. I mean, it sounds it's, it, it sounds really esoteric there, but I wanted people to feel that there was uh, no. That's that's really it. Like, 
I wanted people to have a little bit more hope. So I, I got in touch with uh, a bunch of my writer friends, and the first was uh, Rob Baird, who contributed a story. I and mean, I didn't have a format then. Like, I, I recorded that story, and I published it the next day, and I, I went on a quest to, to acquire more stories from people in roughly this range and developed a template as we, uh, as we went along. And for the first, like, three months, I was doing a story literally every day, uh, there was that much that was uh, that was coming out. I mean, currently we have 200, 250 stories episodes, uh, uh, somewhere in that range. Like it's a it's a pretty substantive number. I've I've dialed it back since then. First we went to just weekdays, and then three a week, and now two a week is the is the is the proper balance. And it's become it's become this this really cool little community that I totally didn't intend. Um, to the point where now some of the writers who have contributed stories have also started contributing their own readings. Um, and we're sort of sharing these skills and coaching one another in uh, in improving our performance and recording quality. It's genuinely been one of the most satisfying uh, uh, creative endeavors of of my of my life. Like not just in the in the furry space. I'm so immensely proud. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I I started listening last year when you it, I don't remember I was trying to remember earlier where I heard about the podcast uh, the voice of dog and I can't remember it's like it just sort of appeared in my life and at the <laughs> perfect time because I was on lockdown I was at home yeah. and very stressed out and had nothing to do except play Animal Crossing and you can only do that so long before you start to really get freaked out. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. There are some people out there who I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and I would listen to podcasts a lot anyway um, while I was playing. And your voice is so soothing. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I remember the when you were doing a, a story every single day, and it was wonderful. Just you know, what's what's today? Well, let's back up a little bit. I have um, sort of chosen this as a question I ask everybody: How did you first get into or involved in the furry community? Can we say porn, or do we all invent so another? <laughs> well, we like, try we'll not say... to say that. <laughs> okay, okay. So we say the other thing. Uh, no, I just, no, no, come on. I was, uh, that's fine. Yeah, right. I was a, a hot-blooded uh, a university student <laughs> with with his first access to broadband, and I'd oh. you know I'd, I'd commute to Amsterdam very very early so I could get to the computer lab and like score the the, com- the computer <laughs> desk that with its back toward a wall so I could and I had a floppy drive like that was that was it and then. <laughs> So uh, I found a lot of stuff on um, uh, Fur. Oh, gotta say it right, Fur Nation, mm-hmm. and Fur Nation had a talker. It had a IRC was too complicated for me, but it had a, a, a little chat interface, um, and I'd spend hours and hours in there. And I met a bunch of friends, some of some of whom I'm still uh, from time to time in touch with. I remember them very fondly. And it was, I mean, it would be another year at least before I realized that there were other furries in the Netherlands as well, where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started hanging out with with those. And they've just been these these fantastic communities. It's been a cornerstone of, of my life where I've, I've cut my teeth on a whole bunch of uh, creative skills that I later wound up doing professionally as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you want to talk about um, some of the other things that you've done? Oh sure. Um, <laughs> I started out as a writer. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just remembering this story. It's not you at all. I started out as a, as a, as a writer on uh, what was then called Gift Star, and I, I, I 
I became really quite ambitious. In that same year, I discovered uh, NaNoWriMo, and then I started doing workshops, uh, 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 accidentally running workshops in Amsterdam about NaNoWriMo. Accidentally. Uh, well, I asked the, the, like, there's a cool bookstore called the American Book Center, and I asked them about if they're doing any workshops. And they said, when do you want to do them? Because I apparently phrased the question wrong, and now I was going to teach them, which is fine. <laughs> That's it's, fantastic. It's fine. <laughs> And I sent, uh, 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 that's when I started like the story series Maranatha, which is also adult, it's for grownups and uh, unfinished. And later on, I wound up sending my very first story submission to uh, Sofa Wolf Press. And I was very proud. And <laughs> I had a very large head for a young man, my, uh, of, 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 of my modest physical endowments. Uh, and so when after three days, they still hadn't responded to me, can you imagine? I'd sent my story in, and then three days later, still no acknowledgement. <laughs> well, this will not no, stand. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where this is going. And so I started my own publishing company. Oh, well, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a different turn. I thought you were just going to turn into one of those guys who are like, how dare you not notice my genius immediately? Oh, no. <laughs> they they got back to me like six months later and, a, a, mm -hmm. and like two years later it was published. Like that's all fine. But oh, that's I, fantastic. I, I turned my my impatience into uh, into sort of hubris. Um, but I was I was quite clever about it. I made sure that it would cost me uh, no money and I would require nobody other than myself to do it. <laughs> And this became uh, Bad Dog Books. Now the brand still exists, but that's not that's not what it was. It became mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bad Dog Books was ultimately the imprint where I published Fang and mm -hmm. and and Roar, the anthologies that are still going. Uh, since uh, all passed on to my very good friends at For Planet, mm -hmm. uh, who are still the the stewards of Fang and Roar and the Bad Dog Book imprints now being used for their ebook wing. But at the time, the story that I like to use is. Um, do you know the, 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 the fairy tale of stone soup, the soldier and the stone soup? Yes. Yeah. Right? Where, where they have nothing for the, the soup, so they put a stone in and ask other people to contribute their parts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the, the best telling of this story is by John Hurt in the first episode of Jim Henson's The Storyteller, which mm -hmm. has a, a cute animatronic dog as well, who is just the best character. <laughs> but... The, the the moral of the story is that if you can convince people that something already exists, you can convince them to help make it exist when normally they wouldn't do that. And that was kind of my thing with uh, uh, with Bad Dog Wars and with Fang in particular. I wanted to convince people that this was going to be a very good book and this was going to be something that you'd be proud to be part of before anybody had sent in any stories or I'd worked out how <laughs> we were going to make money on it or or, or whatever. But that that conviction was was successful. And of course, I put a lot of work into it, and I made sure that uh, uh, my communication was as good as I could manage at the time, and 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 and, uh, uh, and my editing as well. And we had stories by K.M. Hirosaki and uh, uh, Kyle Gold, and 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 just luminous names of of furry fiction then and now. Mm -hmm. uh, early starters by by some people. I'm still very proud to have featured. It was a uh, it was a really fantastic time. I also published a few novels under Bad Dog Books, which was a bit more work than I'd really counted on. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, other people's novels, but even that. Mm -hmm. um, I, did, uh, uh, I, I did a few graphic novels. 
based on 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 characters that I developed before, and I got to work with some really really fantastic uh, uh, artists, but also really huge projects. And then I eased out of uh, publishing and writing, and it was the right decision. Uh, like I I I struggled to explain to my writer friends that I just didn't feel like a writer anymore, and that that's okay, and maybe it would come back, or maybe it wouldn't, and. That's actually that's actually fine, and I got into photography, and I got into uh, 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 audio narration, and and all these other things, and web design. I helped with the, oh god, uh, the transition of Yifstar to uh, Sofuri. Um, the 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 first and the second design rounds were uh, were largely me. Oh, wow. uh, since many refinements have been done by far, far <laughs> better designers. But I've also become a, a UI and UX designer in real life based on the experience that I uh, that I gained there. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed is that creative people tend to be creative in more than one way. And sometimes your energies get taken by a different creative project and then you come yeah. back to the original one later. Yeah, it can. So certain creative pursuits can be quite frustrating uh, because mm-hmm. the rewards take too long or right there's, there's just an imbalance between the uh, uh, the motivation that you get from doing it and the motivation that you get from having done it yeah right yeah, we oh, all yeah. know new project energy and that's a great motivator but energy is the wrong word you don't get energy from new projects you get just get motivation but you're still pulling from the same energy reserves they get replenished in in other ways through like feedback and uh, uh, the appreciation of people who put stuff out there so i found that i was gravitating toward things that had a much shorter uh, uh, reward cycle uh, such as photography mhm Right where you go to a con, and over the years I've become faster and faster and faster to the point where I can like deliver uh, 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 con photos from that day the next morning. Oh wow! And <laughs> I really, really enjoyed how quickly people were able to enjoy it. And then that enjoyment was much more ephemeral mm-hmm. than or or short lived, I guess, than uh, in writing, where you know years later you might still get comments on on stories or books that you've written previously and that's not the case with photography like that's a that's a week where people enjoy it and then they move on with their lives and that's totally fine and that's also what what uh drew me to uh to podcasting like that that quick uh oh that makes it sound shallow which is no, kind of I, is, I completely but... understand because that's what drew me too where I mean publishing can be so slow Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're in charge of your own podcast, sort of like you starting your own publishing company, but I mean, so much faster. It's like you yeah. can get out an episode the next day if you're willing to put the time in the day before. Yeah. Yeah. And then people can enjoy it and you can enjoy it with them. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can also walk away from it faster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I call it done because it's out. Yeah. There's no changing it now. Yeah. Unless you set a... A daily schedule, like like certain Voice of Dog did, <laughs> but but you well, can always hey, adjust like, it. It's your project, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's 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 sort of how it started. Like, I uh, uh, I wasn't commuting to work anymore, mm-hmm. right? That was two hours almost every day that I just got oh. for free to find something to do with. Mm-hmm. So I looked at my ukulele that I had practiced diligently for two weeks uh, <laughs> a year previously. Oh. And I thought, I could get really good at ukulele this year. Mm-hmm. Or I can do this. And I'm, I'm very proud that I, mm-hmm. that I did. 
Well, now, now I want to know about your ukulele journey. <laughs> have have you been practicing? No, not at all. Not at oh, all. No. It's, uh, oh, no. It was just, no, but like, it was, uh, it, uh, like, I thought it would be nice to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. And so one Christmas for, uh, 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 I asked for, like, the cheapest ukulele that is okay to play, because I feel very firmly when you start out with something, get garbage <laughs> yes. and practice on that. Mm-hmm. I have a $400 drum kit, and it sounds like it. <laughs> no, but this is this is this is true. Like when 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 people ask me they want to get their first big boy camera, mm-hmm. uh, like what should I get? Well, it's going to be your first camera, and you're probably going to regret buying that within a year as you find <laughs> out what you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So get something cheap. Get something secondhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, lenses are much more important. So think about what you actually are going to enjoy shooting and get really good at that instead of buying new gear. Yeah. And, and, you know, with podcasting and also to a lesser degree writing, but my first mic was $30 and I thought it sounded great for like six weeks. And then I suddenly my ear got trained and I thought, there go my cats. And and I thought, oh, you know, it's time to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. But writing, one good thing about writing is that you really don't have to put money into it um, unless you're doing publishing or self-publishing of any kind. But yeah, all you need is, you know, something to type on. And the and the and the drive and the will to do it. No, I mm-hmm. I remember that very fondly. I remember those those feverish nights in. Oh God, yes, that's how I started in ferry writing. It was that first oh. NaNoWriMo. Oh, yeah. cool. Initially, so okay. Initially, my ambition was I was going to write a young adult fantasy novel um, with uh, same sex protagonists. Like that's what I was going to what I was going to contribute. And I had this cool world figured out and these mm-hmm. cool characters, and they had neat trench coats because that's who I was in two thousand and five. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought was cool then. Uh, two thousand four. Sorry, and then. Um, yeah, I kind of ran into the wall that a lot of people know, like the week three wall where you're just depleted. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's very normal for, for people's first time with NaNoWriMo where you, you've just never pulled on your energy reserves quite that much before. And you didn't know that they had a bottom, but they do. <laughs> and then I did the thing that I taught my, my students because I was teaching workshops at the time not to do, which is <laughs> quit the story and start over. You oh. should never do that. You should always see it through. But I tell you what, if you quit and start over, sometimes... <laughs> I did that one NaNoWriMo, and it, and it worked. Did you? It worked, yeah, but I was only like a weekend. Yeah, I had uh, I had six days, and oh I think I finished in four. Oh, my gosh. With the new – because it was just so freeing. Okay, fine. I'm not going to write a novel that I'm going to, like, revolutionize young adult fiction with. I'm just going to write some just cool – like, it's going to have some, some sex in it because I like that. What else do I like? Okay, <laughs> Uh, science fiction shit. Okay, yeah, conspiracies. Cool. <laughs> we'll just do that. I'll write for an audience of one, me. And that was so freeing. Honestly, yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do is write for yourself. Because then your energy stays higher. Your interest stays higher. And you also... I'm not a person who is motivated by um, by deadlines or expectations. A lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and for for those people, like it works really great to set yourself a goal uh, 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 and to tell people about it, mm-hmm. because then that pressure helps you help you succeed. Doesn't work for me, <laughs> uh, which took me many years to to uh, to realize mm-hmm. um, what works is just enjoyment of the of the activity and really protecting that. Mm-hmm. And like this is something that I'm that I'm that I try to 
teach people whenever I can because it's a secret that took me decades to figure out. It's how I quit smoking. Oh, wow. By, by not saying that I was going to quit, by not even telling myself that I was going to quit, but instead consider it like every cigarette that I didn't, that I didn't light up, that's a success. That's another, you know, well, if you want to put it in those terms, like 20 seconds of health or, or, or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Every one of those is a win that can't be taken away because if you do it the other way, um, and, and I apologize if this works differently for different people, mm-hmm. but for me, doing it the other way uh, uh, and setting myself that deadline, I'm going to be firm with myself and I'm like, <laughs> my my future plans are predicated on waking up tomorrow with more dedication and less distraction than I ever had in my life, right? <laughs> that's That's kind of how I feel when I set myself a deadline. <laughs> and then you fail once and then you fail forever and then why even try anymore? You want to you wanna avoid that as much as possible. So yeah. like make it... Make it work for you. Make it possible. I've done that with the, the the podcast as well. Like, how can I how can I keep putting out these episodes? Well, okay, what's what's difficult? I don't like thinking about how to write the intro, <laughs> so I made a Google Doc template where the authors write their own intro. Mm-hmm. Right? It has a format, and they fill that in for me, and I just have to read that aloud. And I don't like. Uh, d- 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 like tweeting the announcement because then I have to say something clever about it about a story that maybe by now I've forgotten or my head's somewhere else I don't like to have that in my head so I have the authors do that but that's <laughs> fine lots mm-hmm. of people are, are willing to help so what are some books that you would recommend or, or that you particularly like furry or not um, that maybe have influenced you or that you recommend to people a lot Okay, okay. Now I'm going to have to admit that I haven't really read a book in quite a long time. <laughs> That's I? okay. You can those... always go back to like Lord of the Rings. Everybody's read it. Or not. Oh, actually, yes. That's a that's a very good one. Um, I would recommend Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yes. And I would recommend to people who, who, who want to be writers, look at those two stories and figure out how they're the same story. Try to tell those stories in, uh, uh, like, simultaneously. Because when you do that, when you think about, like, uh, the young moisture farmer Frodo Baggins, who <laughs> lives with his uncle in uh, a, a round-doored hut in the ground in uh, Tatooine, uh, <laughs> right? And is visited by... Uh, uh, <laughs> A, a wandering wizard lives nearby, and he has to uh, go off on a on a on a quest, and uh, has to recruit this this dashing rogue who may be dangerous and who knows much more about the ways of the world and uh, some hairy companions. Uh, right? That teaches you about the the uh, the traditional Western hero's journey um, much more effectively than if you read like uh, Vladimir's props morphology of the folktale. Oh shit! I guess I have read a book. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and it and it helps you figure out these uh, 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 these building blocks, these these sort of Lego bricks from which you can construct uh, uh, stories that that work. Because this is how we in the West have been telling stories for uh, for centuries, right? We've 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 been told, telling stories in other ways as well, and other cultures have a lot of different methods. But this sort of I call it in the past the fundamental story, and I think that's a that's a valid way to talk about it. The hero's journey, uh, uh, the the five act structure, where you start off with the equilibrium, then you have the crisis, and then the dark forest, and the conflict, and finally the uh, the denouement. Like these are really useful tools because even if you're uh, uh, as I was at the time, like a a pantser, 
right? Pantsers <laughs> who fly by the who write by the seat of their pants versus people who plot it out in advance. Mm-hmm. You are actually employing those techniques um, without interrogating them. Like that's that's what you're used to. That's that's why you can uh, drop into a typical Hollywood movie like halfway through and still catch up on the whole story and uh, understand who the characters are. And that's not just because they're simple stories or they're written for simple people. No, that's that's because they're encoded in a way that you're deeply, deeply familiar with. And you actually don't need a whole lot of information to infer this, this structure. You can see one of the, oh, this is this is the story of a, a sexy grunting killer man who kills sexily and then sex grunts <laughs> through his grief. That's the best story ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's incredibly, incredibly valuable to take these um, uh, these very, very familiar stories and peel them apart by by doing mashups of them. It's so, so illuminating. I had never. It's surprising because I absolutely love Star Wars. I mean, that's like my fandom. I had awesome. never really, yeah, I had never really thought about it in that way. I mean, I'm aware it's the hero's journey and all this but to right. mix it up with lord of the rings which i also really like i've never done that before so that's fantastic it's and now i'm exercise. all excited i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna be thinking about that all day long <laughs> that's great oh my gosh you know i had forgotten because i'm not doing it this year i'd forgotten that this is november it's nanowrimo month and I've oh gosh it started of- hasn't it yeah it started what is this the sixth so you know what we still have time I don't have time. <laughs> now, I was going to say, what do we need another time-consuming hobby? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, you know, if we don't sleep, sleep is overrated. Okay, no, I'm going to have to like contradict you. Sleep is not overrated. Sleep is actually. <laughs> this is one of the things that I've discovered in the last like three years. Going to bed mm-hmm. early and getting some some decent sleep and making that is actually because you're okay throughout. Uh, my 20s, I had a sort of antagonistic relationship with Tomorrow Kaki, where I wanted to get the most out of my day and, like, he would just have to deal with it. And so I also had an antagonistic relationship with Yesterday Kaki, who was <laughs> who was a layabout, who made things worse for me. And now I do it the other way around. Now I think, like, mm-hmm. you know what? I could faff about on the computer for a while yet or play a game, or but I can also... I mean, I'm actually tired. I can just treat myself to some sleep and then Tomorrow Kaki will be so mighty and powerful. Ah, that's a wonderful way to think of it. I I sometimes do that with chores around the house and think, you know, if I leave these dishes in the sink, they're going to be really gross. And tomorrow me is going to be really mad at present me. But I could do the dishes. It won't take very long. And then tomorrow me will be happy with past me. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a nice favorite that you can do for yourself. And then you're you're grateful that it was done for you and you want someone else to do it for. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else? I mean, do you have a, another project on the horizon that maybe you want to share? I don't think so. I mean, I, I do two other podcasts. One of them is about Farscape and called So Farscape, and one of them is about Star Wars Rebels, where... Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh! Yeah! It's called <laughs> Rebel Air, and mm-hmm. uh, a, a young writer called Kerjaby, who's featured on The Voice of Dog, um, mm-hmm. I, I taught him how I do my, my Farscape podcast, and so he's doing this one, and I've never seen Rebels before, so he's showing it to me one episode at a time, and we just... We, we finished season two just recently, oh. which was just... Mind blowing. <laughs> I still haven't seen The Mandalorian. I'm so behind. Yeah, <gasps> I'm your about music that. is amazing yeah. and the whole. Okay, oh yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, okay, yeah, I'm going to go subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rebel Air with an H. 
So where can people find you besides just the podcast apps that are out there? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm at Khaki Doggy on, uh, uh, on Twitter and Telegram. And for any writers out there, if you have a story that uh, uh, is not a bummer, right? But otherwise, it can be anything. We've even had horror stories because they don't have to be bummers. It doesn't have to have mm-hmm. a, a really sweet, sappy ending in order not to be a bummer. But it's got to leave the listener with a little bit more like love or courage or hope than, than when they started. Um, it's about... Like the cap is 5,000 words for single part stories or two parters for 10,000 words. And if you have a story that you think you would be a good fit for the podcast, please send it to me. I'm at Kaki Doggy on Twitter and Telegram, and I'd love to hear from you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. And I should also mention that uh, it's spelled K-H-A-K-I. Oh, yes. Kaki, yes. like, the, <laughs> like the pants. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, This has been just wonderful. And I really appreciate you coming on at such short notice. (laughs) It's been an absolute pleasure, Kate. It's it's. It's so cool that uh, that you and Resolute have uh, have started this for the for the Furry Writers Guild, and I'm delighted to be a part of it. 